and welcome to Neither the Time Nor the Space, a podcast about Doctor Who. My name is David, and as always, I am joined by the renewed Matt. We go on and on and on and on, where you're gonna wait, where you're gonna wait, we go on and on and on and on. Do you recognise that song, David? Possibly, vaguely. What, who, who, who's it by? Uh, I don't know. Oh. It's the opening theme to the hit TV show, Class. Oh, gosh. <laughs> yes. Yes, indeed. So, now, I had a bonus day off on Friday. Mm-hmm. And I thought, I haven't got any plans. I think I'll watch all of Class in one sitting. <laughs> As you do. Yeah. All in took me about... Eight-ish hours. Yeah, yeah. How did you feel by the end of it, Matt? Kind of just wish I was at work. <laughs> now, this is a really interesting situation. Um, with with almost no precedent, the only other example of it I can think of is uh, the Twin Dilemma novelization. Yeah. In that it's a piece of Who media that you've consumed that I haven't. Right, well, David... I'm sure later, in this episode, our season 11 wrap-up... Yeah. You're going to ask me, are you a Doctor Who fan? Yes. Let me save you the time of asking. I think I might be a class fan. (laughs) Really? I'll tell you what, by the end of it, I I was a little bit sad that there isn't more. That's crazy. It must must really uh, step up at a certain point, then. Uh, Yeah. I can't remember because I've just tidied up my little desk, and okay. I think it's I think I ranked episode one the best because mm-hmm. that's got the Doctor in it. Episode two and three are entirely skippable. Episode yeah. four and five are. I really think three good. was the one. I think episode three was where I dropped off. So that's the one where there's like a big plant that makes ghosts. Yes, that rings vague bells. Right, then after that, four and five are really good. Uh, Right, okay. Six and seven aren't great, but they're like a two-parter. Six is better than seven. And the finale's pretty good. Yeah, um... Well, I mean, I I am going to catch up with you at some point, and when I do, we'll we'll have a proper sit-down and... And a chat about it, I think. Uh, do a, do another if you if you're happy to revisit your thoughts. I, I'm, on it. I'm never watching it again, David. It's done now. It's like K9 and Company. Like that's fine. Uh, that's fine. It could if if it's just a short thing or something. I I feel like I'm duty bound to watch it as well. But but unlike you, um, I wasn't in a position to just dedicate an entire day. Yeah. Well, when you are, let us know. Torturing myself by. It. Yes. Maybe Christmas um, Day. You won't have plans in the afternoon. No, I'm sure I won't. It's not like I'll be spending, you know, one of the few precious uh, Christmas days that I'll ever get with my son as as a as a young child. <laughs> you know, but yeah, it's, not it's pretty good. It? I'm gonna get the uh, big finish class like follow on series. Really, <laughs> you're that desperate for more class content? Oh, I'm hooked, David. If you, if you uh, I would say the only thing is, you know at the beginning, the doctor isn't really the doctor. Yeah. At the end, there's a bit of a revelation at the end where I'm just like, oh no, that doesn't land. That's not right. Right, okay. But 
Yeah, it, it's a it's a strange old thing, isn't it, class? Do, do, do it, you know what? When I'd finished it, it was about half two. Uh, I went out and like the sun was a little bit brighter. The the mm-hmm. air smelt a little bit sweeter. Just like now that I've done it. And I don't have the fear of class lingering over me. Like, I was a liberated man. Yeah, you just rip the plaster off. Yeah, it, it's not as... Yeah. I, I remember when we watched episode one, I was really down on it. It's all yeah. right. I I maintain that's not a good first episode. No, I just, I don't think it's a good pilot. The one problem I've got is in every episode to try and link it back to the Doctor Who universe. They yeah. use the phrase all of time and space and they use it all the time. Oh, so like when no. they have a falling out, instead of going, oh, I'm not the only person in the world that feels that way, they go, oh, I'm not the only person in all of time and space that feels that way. And maybe if you watched it every week, you wouldn't really notice it. But after the first four or five hours, it really sinks in. Yeah, I can I can see how that might grate a little. Um, um, do you want to know how so, I celebrated finishing it? Uh, no, go, do tell me, Matt. Pizza Hut buffet. Oh, oh that's I, the dream. I, I must have just looked like I was totally shell-shocked. I was just like <laughs> sat staring out the window, just going, like, what happens next? What's going on with the governors? Like, what? Oh, like... I always hate it when a, a season, a TV show finishes too soon. Yeah. Like, I know everyone goes on about Firefly, but that at mm. least had a film. If you've ever watched Dollhouse, the other Joss Whedon TV show, that just ends. Yeah. I don't like it when a TV show just ends. Yeah, it, it is frustrating. And as, and as much as I didn't get on board with Class, I do feel sad for for the fans that it did have. that, that It for, it does end on a cliffhanger, doesn't it? So, um, yeah, I do. That's not a nice feeling. I don't know how directly big the big finish spin-off stuff has attempted to provide closure for that. But, uh, uh, I mean, they're still doing it, I think. It, it's done well enough that they've done a couple of series of it, at least. Yeah, I'm going to do a quick Google. Because uh, yeah. I only know because our listener, Ariel, recommended it to me. She Because mm-hmm. I was like, oh, like, really a bit gutted. But, uh, oh, there's absolutely loads from the looks of it. Class Volume 3, Volume 4. Yeah, so there's four volumes. Yeah, so that's probably going to be, assuming it's three episodes per volume, it's usually three or four with Big Finish. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, you're talking a good good dozen episodes at this point. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I... I... I think the kids would say, David, I stand for class now. Well then, but what a revelation that is. Yeah, I love it. Yeah. It's better than Doctor <laughs> Who. Yes, all right, yes. Um, so anyway, uh, on the subject of Pizza Hut Buffet, is that making your meal of the week? Oh, no, no. No? No. Uh, so what day is it today? Sunday. So this must have mm-hmm. been... Maybe Thursday? Yeah, because class was Friday. Um, So my wife and I and her family, we went to this restaurant that was billed as, like, really, really tip-top for the good old Palmo. You know I love a Palmo, David. 
we we all know you love a parmo mash. But I must say, for a restaurant build, you know, for its famous parmos, it was mm-hmm. it was not not good. But the starter, I had a lovely cream of sweet corn soup. Ooh, it was absolutely divine. That's exciting. I don't think I've ever had cream of sweet corn soup. No, it was so good. Like, chicken and sweet corn is one of my favourite soups, but it turns out I just like the sweet corn and not the chicken. Well. Uh, but look forward to next week's meal of the week, because Friday night uh, I'm going out with enemy of the show Tim Riley and mm-hmm. Tim's brother and my brother and some friends, and we've... Booked a table at a pretty well-reputed steakhouse. So mm-hmm. I think at the minute I'm going for a 32-ounce porterhouse steak. So next week. I don't know. You might be hosting on your own, David. <laughs> yeah. Um, that's... To be honest, it might be for the best. We're doing Classic Who next week. I'll probably have a much nicer time if I don't have to listen to your opinions. All of Classic Who is bad. <laughs> there's a there's there's an opinion for you. Yeah. Classic. Why do people harp on about Classic Who when New Who's so much better? Like if if you're uh, listening Who, to this, New Who stands on the shoulders of giants. If if. If you're listening to this and you prefer Classic Who to New Who, have a word with yourself. And then, like, rationally try and explain it to me. Because you are wrong, but, you know, just <laughs> just send me... You get a maximum of one tweet, because I, I don't care for the opinion that Old Who's better than New Who. But just try and explain it to me, because it is crap, in it? It's a different beast, man. It's a different beast for sure. Um, that's about as 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 far as I'll go. Yeah, I'll save it for next week when you've embarrassed yourself with whatever you've chosen. Yes, indeed. Um, so, what was your meal of the week? Sorry, my meal of the week. Thank you for asking, uh, Matt. It's it's straightforward. Uh, curry around my mum's house last night. Oh, so. Yeah. Was it from the old JS Japer Spice? It, it was indeed. Good. It was indeed. Was it better now, than the? I did try. I did try and branch out oh. for the purposes of the, of the podcast. Um, I substituted the usual uh, sag paneer side order with a mata paneer. Okay, what's in that? Which is their other paneer based <laughs> side dish. Um, so. It's more of a uh, tomato, quite a hot tomato uh, sauce with uh, paneer and peas as well. I'll be honest, not as nice as the sag paneer. I I, I, reg- I regretted experimenting. I'm a bit sad that when I said what's in the matter paneer, you didn't say it doesn't matter, but never mind. Oh, it's too late for me to be making those kinds of lightning quick puns, <laughs> yeah. Matt. Uh, uh, <laughs> I am worn out. I don't mind telling you. I, I'm going. I'm trying to bring a, a, at least a positive energy uh, to today's uh, tonight's recording, but um, it's not going to be um, 
high octane no. at my end. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll apologise to any listeners because I am full of cold. Mm. It's, I mean, it's that time of year, isn't it? Yeah. We're, we're just, we're just clinging on till Christmas at this point. We had snow um, here today. Did you? Yeah. I know. I notified my MP and asked him to close the schools. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, we had a light dusting yesterday, but I don't. I don't think it's actually. I'm going to be honest, Matt. I've not been outside today. Uh, well, neither. Well, I've been as far as my wheelie yeah. bin and back. <laughs> L- Little Absorbanoff was very keen to go out, um, but I. Uh, I volunteered his his mother to to sort that out whilst I did the washing up. So, uh, yeah, excellent. <laughs> I couldn't I couldn't face it. Um, anyway, um, so we're done mid of the week. Let's quit, get it out of the way. I'm assuming class was your non Doctor Who TV highlight of the week, man. Uh, it maybe would have been, mm-hmm. but yesterday. I sat down and watched the first two episodes of Hawkeye. Oh, how's that? I think it's the best Marvel series so far. Ever? Like, you know, better than One Division? Yep. It, it wow. just hasn't got loads of, like, mad shit going on. It's just, here's Hawkeye, here's what's going on, let's see how he gets out of this one. Mm. You know, it, it it's... I don't want to sound pretentious, David, but it's a very human story. <laughs> well, you know, very, that's, very that's interesting. Level. Yeah, it's different. And, and, you know, Marvel hasn't really tried that since the uh, the Netflix series. <clears throat> and, of course, those were kind of arm's length from the MCU. So it's it'll be interesting to see them doing a story, you know, storytelling like that with established MCU characters. I, um, I really hope the rumors prospect. are true and Daredevil's in the new Spider-Man film. That would be fun, wouldn't it? Yeah, I want all the rumors to be true. I want all the Spider-Men to be in it. I want <laughs> Daredevil in it. Uh, just go mad. Throw the Fantastic Four in there. You know. <laughs> Do you not think that that is a recipe for it being the worst Spider-Man film? What if it's just got the Fantastic Four in it? If it's just, it's all about just all of the other people other than Spider-Man. No, like imagine if they pulled it off. Uh... Who? I don't know if I've ever asked you this. Who's your least yeah. favorite superhero? Um, like who's the one that you just like if they crop up in a comic you're just like oh god well I don't I'm not going to nominate any DC characters because I just I've never really meshed with DC Mm -hmm. um, particularly so I feel like that's unfair because it's just not my wheelhouse so if I if I go with Marvel um trying to think you know it might be the fantastic four i and and i'll be honest i i know there are good runs out there that people swear by but i'm never i'm I'm never like you know if i'm reading some big crossover event and it's like and and i turn the page and it's reed richards i'm not like oh hey we're in for some fun now (laughs) i'll tell you what i'm I'm gonna do a big sneeze 
Um, if you want a good Fantastic Four um, book, it's not mm. really the Fantastic Four, but the Marvel Mangaverse Fantastic Four is pretty interesting. I quite like that one. Is that a sort of non-canonical yeah. spin-off thing? Yeah. Yeah. Um, oh, hmm. there's the one where... who? There's one called the Future Foundation, where it's the Fantastic right. Four, but it's made up of other characters. So it's got, like... I think it's, like, got Storm from the X-Men and Spider-Man in it. Well, that sounds great, because I like those characters. Um, yeah, look, I, I don't have anything really... Look, I appreciate that the Fantastic Four are pivotal to... You know, without Fantastic Four, we don't have the MCU, frankly. You know, they basically saved Marvel. Um, and, and and so I appreciate the historical import of that. But, um, yeah, I've, I've yet to read a straight-laced Fantastic Four story that's really kind of clicked for me but i'll be but i'll also hold my hands up and say i've not read a ton so there's probably great stuff out there that i've just hasn't crossed my radar yet um anyway so that's your non Doctor Who tv highlight of the week i think for me uh we've not talked about it for a little while uh, it was the uh, series finale of taskmaster <sighs> this week and i'm gonna say in particular the final live studio task Yes. Was one of the best they've done in a long time. Yeah. It That was an absolute delight. I don't know that I really want to spoil it for anyone. Um, I hope every single one of our listeners has checked out Taskmaster at this point. Um, because it's it's just one of the best things on TV. Yeah. It's better and than Doctor yeah, Who. It, it, it it had me absolutely laughing, uh, like a drain. Not, not going to bite at that, are you? No, I'm just not <laughs> rising to it, Matt. I'm not rising to it. I don't have the energy. <laughs> uh, and in that spirit, shall we get it over and done with? Let's do the Weenie Big Quiz. Weenie Big Quiz. Right, so David, we the big quiz. Yes. Four weeks to go. Mm-hmm. This is the final listener submission. Exciting. Okay, it comes from James and James. Ah, uh, yes, I forgot about that. The James team up. Yeah. Mm. See, you should never forget yeah, about the James, as the old saying goes. <laughs> yes, that classic saying. Yeah. That's actually the ending to this phrase, isn't it? Elephants never forget about a James. <laughs> right, so, David, yes. are you sitting comfortably for the wheelie big quiz? As comfortable as I'll ever be. Um, is it worth mentioning that we are raising money for Doctors Without Borders? No, that's that's not why. It, no, nobody cares about that at this point. <laughs> Wow. I'm joking. What an incredibly uncouth thing to say. (laughs) We are indeed raising money for Doctors Without Borders, and I hope you will agree, listener, a a very worthwhile charity. Yeah. Uh, What are we up to, Matt? Uh, 
what, what are we up to right now? We're recording a podcast, David. <laughs> what is the current total on the weirdy big? The, the, we don't have a name for it. Like um, I feel like, like the the wheelometer. Uh, we need like a like a sort of Blue Peter style. Yeah. Um, thermometer thing, don't we? Um, we do. Let me just log in. I wasn't anticipating checking, and now I've got to find. I'm on my so phone. sorry, Matt. I didn't mean to put you on the spot. Um, so current. I'm just trying to to, to 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 dig myself out of the hole of coming across like an uncaring bastard. <laughs> yeah. Current total <laughs> is three hundred and ninety nine pounds fifty nine pence. Oh come off it! That is so close to four hundred. Yeah, well, we got a nice message today that you know last year Jake from the Married to Who podcast say hello, David. Yes. Hello, Jake. Uh, you know, last year he played along and donated as to whether he beat you or not. Well, yep. in secret, he's been doing the same and he's going to do it as one single donation. Oh, wow. I think it's because, much like Amazon, he can't afford to pay the Visa credit card bills. Yeah, that makes yeah, sense. exactly. Imagine that. Imagine Amazon not being able to afford their bills. I mean, it's it's completely. Oh, I can't believe we haven't talked about it, David. Yeah. Something's just come to me. What's that? You know, a couple of weeks ago when uh, I stole a breakfast from a hotel. Oh yeah. I forgot to mention that's because Doctor Who's played by a woman, and I don't have any positive male role models anymore. <gasps> yeah. Yeah. I mean that I mean that, that it does make sense. The big Doctor um, Who news of the week and I forgot. Yeah. I mean it's at least uh, at least I've got I've now got a rational explanation for all of those murders I've been doing of late. Yeah. Cuz I mean I, I'll be honest Matt up until 2018 I'd not committed a single murder. No. But but now I can't get enough of it. Yeah. Imagine <laughs> Bloody House of Commons has been infiltrated by those not my doctor arseholes. <laughs> the whole thing beggars belief. If you don't know what we're lis- talking about, listeners, because this will be a couple of weeks old by the time it comes out, um, d- don't bother googling it. Just move on with your lives. Yeah. <laughs> don't waste your energy. Yeah. Um, but, oh, but if you are thinking of doing something madness. really bad this week, just ask yourself: mm-hmm. Is it because Doctor Who's played by a woman? And the answer will be yes. We know that now. Mm. It turns up that'll stand up in court these days. <laughs> Our country is a joke, isn't it? It's not. It's not looking good, is it? Yeah. At the moment. Right. Are you sitting comfortably, David? I am. Question one comes from episodes and stories. Now, because this is from James and James, mm-hmm. it's about a James. Ooh. Your favourite James, David. My favourite one? Yep. James Corden played Craig in two episodes. In his second appearance, he had a son. But what yes. did the son call himself, according to the Doctor? Uh, I believe it was... I, do I, I don't get multiple choice, do I? Uh, yep, your multiple choices are tell me the correct answer 
Or tell me an incorrect answer. Uh, I believe, I want to get the wording right, I think it was Stormageddon, Dark Lord of All? Word for word, perfect answer. Oh. Well done, David. Good day. Right, David. The next question yes. is about a James. Is it? Yeah. And it comes... I sense a theme. Yeah, it comes from the topic monsters. Mm. In Black Orchid, the servant James was killed protecting Anne Talbot. Who or what killed him? Would you like the multiple choice answers, David? I would, please, yes. Right, the multiple choice answers are, tell me the correct answer or get the question (laughs) wrong. Now, here's your multiple choice Uh, answers. Okay. Was James killed by Lady Cranley, a Terraleptil, George Cranley, or a vicar who turns into a giant wasp? Now... I can dismiss the Terraleptil and the Vicar who turns into a giant wasp. Um, I, I've i only seen Black Orchid once and I cannot remember. I, even though the whole thing is it's basically a murder mystery, I cannot remember <laughs> the uh, final uh, reveal because that's always the least interesting part of murder mysteries for me. Um... So, what, what what were the Cranleys' names again? Uh, it's either Lady Cranley or George Cranley. Oh, let's take a punt on Lady Cranley. So, David, you've actually given me the wrong answer there. Have I? The correct yes. answer yeah. was George Cranley. Mm. It shows how much attention I was paying to Blackwood Kid, doesn't it? Mm. You'll probably force me to watch that in a couple of weeks. So. Mm. Well, it is a Fifth Doctor story. We could do it next week if you want. Uh, Two-parter as well. Can we not have a week off? It's nearly Christmas. <laughs> you know what? It's kind of tempting me. now. I, I, I had an idea of what I was going to suggest, but it is a two-parter, and it is also the last pure historical, which makes it an interesting one. Right. Mm. I'll have to mull on that over as we uh, continue... The recording. Right. Question three, David, mm-hmm. comes from Companions and is about a James. Is it? The Doctor meets James Robert McCrimmon in the Highlanders. Which famous battle had just taken place before the Doctor's arrival? What mm. are my options? Bearing in mind, I've not listened to the recording of the Highlanders. Okay, your options are... Get the question right. Do you like this new joke I've created for the quiz? I'm not loving it, if if I'll be honest. Is it better or worse than me pretending I'm Morrissey? (laughs) About on a par. Okay. Right, your options are the Battle of Flodden, the Battle of Falkirk, the Battle of Culloden, or the Battle of Ranscor al Kolos. (laughs) <laughs> uh, well, it's not, I'm I'm hoping it's not the latter. Um, I think I've heard of the Battle of Culloden, so I'm going to go with that. You are right to go with that, David. The answer is the Battle of Culloden. Oh, there we go. Okay. Next question. 
Is this question four? Yes, I believe so. I think so. Yeah. Okay. So this comes from Years and Dates and features mm-hmm. a James. Mm-hmm. In what year did Rosa Parks kickstart the bus boycotts by refusing to move after being told to move by the racist James Blake? Hmm. I'm just going to wait for it. I'm not even going to ask the question because right. I don't want to give you the feed line. Uh, would you like some multiple choice answers? I would love some. Right. Your options are 1900, 1901. 1902, 1903, 1904, 1905. Yeah, okay, all right. All right, would you like some actual multiple choice? Yes, please. Right, you can have A, 1943, B, 1948, C, 1952, or D, 1955. Okay. It's one. It. I'm sure it's the 1950s. So I'm going to. I'm going to say 52. Oh, David. It was 55, wasn't You've it? You dodged the right answers there. It was 1955, mm. but I'd have given you it if you'd have said 1943, because that's where they meet at the start of the episode. Yeah. Yeah. Now, would you like a bonus question? I'd love one. Okay. So this concerns a James David. Does it? It does. The Doctor and the fam, I I hate saying that, (laughs) meet James VI. Where do they meet him and in which century? Where do they meet him? Oh, we we only just watched this episode. We did. Um, Didn't you say this is my favourite episode? I know everything about it. Would would you like some multiple choice answers? Yeah, all right. Did they meet in the first century? In the second century? Yes. Or come on, Matt. Come on. Uh, There are actually no multiple choice answers for this. Okay. Right. Um. I'm so bad at dates. Um, I want to say it's the 1600s. And it's somewhere in Lancashire. Something or other hill. But I can't... Is it like Pendle Hill or something? I can't remember. Sorry, it's Bilehurst Crag. Bilehurst Crag. But you did get the century right, so I might give you 50p for that. Oh, thank you. That's very generous. That'll take us over £400, so... (laughs) Right. Would you like a question about Time Lords? I would always like a question about Time Lords. Right. Years before designing Spider-Man's costume, the Oscar-winning costume designer, James Aikson... This question's about a James, by the way, David... Yes, designed I'm, I'm, I'm the look for which incarnation of the Doctor? Mm. Would you like some multiple choice answers? Yes, go on then. Is the answer the first Doctor, the second Doctor, the third Doctor, the fourth Doctor, the fifth Doctor, the uh, sixth okay, Doctor? Yep. The... I see what you're doing. <laughs> right, your options are sixth, 
Seventh, fourth, or third? Mm. Now, it was, you say before designing the costume for... Yeah. Do they mean for one of the films? I don't know. Uh, I'm not sure. It just says, years before designing Spider-Man's costume, the Oscar-winning costume designer James Aikson designed the look for which incarnation of the Doctor? Oh, I, I don't know. I feel like it must be, because like, the original cost, like the, the on-paper design must have been... Uh, it was Steve Ditko, wasn't it? So... Mm. Um, so I'm just... I can't decide if it's... If, are we, would it be 70s or 80s who? I can't even narrow it down that much. I'm going to say 80s. I'm going to... Sorry, I'm going to say Seventh Doctor. I've, I don't know the real answer. But. Oh, the answer was C, the fourth Doctor's look. Although he'd worked fourth on the Doctor. series before then, he was the one to develop the fourth Doctor's iconic look. Wow, I didn't know that. I've never really paid attention to costume designers. That's an avenue I, I, that I, I'm sure one day I'll, I'll end up going down. <laughs> I'm I'm mostly fixated on writers and directors, um, but you know. Right, the next one, David. I'm going to revoke your opportunity to gamble this week, but there's an opportunity for some serious bonus points here. All right. Okay. Right. Jamie's have directed the show since 2005. They have. But how many Jameses have? Bonus points for any Jameses or Jamies named. Okay. Um, Jamie Magnus Stone and Jamie Childs both spring to mind as yep. Jamies that have directed. I feel like there might be a third Jamie that has directed, but I possibly RTD era and they're not coming to mind um, how many Jameses though Jameses I'm going to go out on a limb and say none, none Jameses I'd be wrong do you want some Probably. multiple choice answers I'll go on one, two, three or four mm. let's just say one then because I can't think of any so that means either I'm I'm my brain is not in gear or um there really aren't that many. Right. Well let's start with the Jamie's first. You missed Jamie okay. Payne. Ah, right, yeah. Now there was a James that directed the show, David. James okay. Strong. Oh yes, of course, yeah. So you did get one. Yeah. Unfortunately, well, hey. there was also James Hawes, so the answer was two. Mm, yeah. But well done. Well, I tried. I tried. That's least. all I ask of you. Yeah, that's all anyone can ask. I mean, of I also ask that you care about the cause we're trying to raise money for, but <laughs> a little late for that. Um, indeed. Um, do you want to talk about Series 11, Matt? We're going to have to, Is aren't time? we? I think we are. Um, it was, you know, it was inevitable. Um, 
so I've, as usual, I've got my I've got a little list of questions here, things that I'd like to sort of pick your brain on now that now that you've uh, yeah experienced all that series eleven has to offer. Mm. So we'll start with the most important thing. I think we have a new showrunner, um, and one that brought in a lot of new changes of direction in terms of the um the whole look feel format of the show you know in some ways i would say this is the biggest change for doctor who since um the 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 switch from the trouton era into the pertwee era you know it's kind of on that level of a shift i think so i thought we would i i've made a list of what i consider to be some of the most significant changes and i wanted to know how you feel about them whether whether you think that they worked out for the best or not um and whether whether there's sort of changes that you would have made because i'll be honest everything on this list are exactly the sort of things that i would have been thinking about doing if i was in chris chibnall's shoes taking over at the end of the moffat era um so the first one is bigger TARDIS team. Mm-hmm. How did you feel that panned out? Uh, I think we probably can guess the answer. But... Yeah, it's too big. And it leaves episodes where mm. people don't do anything. Yeah. It's a, it's, it's a real problem, isn't it? And, and I totally understand why he wanted to do it. Because if you think back to the classic era, you know, the Hartnell, Troughton years, two or three companions was pretty much mm. the norm. Um, now... You, you, you know that I love class. I would say April yeah. from class has more development in two or three episodes than Yaz has had in this whole series. Oh, God, absolutely. Um, there are there are guest characters what, from... Was Manda Gill ever era? worried that she was going to get sacked? <laughs> like, was she just turning up to work and just like, am I needed today? What is this? I have no idea. You'd have to ask her that. Um, I'll see if she's on Twitter, and I'll send her a message. <laughs> one, one, one has to assume that she wasn't happy with what she was given in series eleven. I, I, I don't know how, as an actor, you you could be satisfied with what they gave her yeah. in series 11. She's not, we'll she's not more... on Twitter, so I can't send her a message. Yeah. But... Probably a wise choice on her part. Um, and that's not any disrespect to Mandit Gill. That's just me casting aspersions at the appalling uh, conduct of some people on, on Twitter. Um, so we'll talk, we'll talk more about the individual companions later, but I kind of just wanted to think in terms of like, the numbers, the sheer numbers of it. And I, and I think I agree with you. Three companions is just too many. And I think especially with a new doctor as well, when you really want to bring your new new vision of the doctor into focus, it's so hard to do that when they're competing for screen time with three other regulars. Um, that, that's so that it. Like, Ryan does next to nothing. Graham's just there for emotional conversations. I know we've like ragged on Yaz a bit this series, but yeah, it, it you know, there's even episodes where the Doctor the, does next to now. 
Yeah, it's it's it it was probably the single biggest flaw of series eleven, I think. Mm. So I kind of wanted to address it up top. Um, so how did you feel about having a, overall a shorter series, ten episodes plus one special, uh, and then slightly longer episodes within that? How do you think that sort of slight shift of the format works? Well, it's 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 blessing and it's curse because nice and concise, but then. We've got this apparent arc throughout the series that starts in the beginning and ends in the end, but we don't get mm. anything developing through the middle. No, it, it feels very anticlimactic as a series, doesn't it, mm. Series 11? It's not really kicking things off with a bang. And one wonders whether if there was a longer series, would Tribble have been more tempted to have more of a through line yeah, just Rather stick a little, episode, so little teaser in the middle, just so we knew mm. the ending was coming. Yeah. Um, so, what do you think about the the series' new look? You know that the, they very they were very public about the fact that they got new new cameras with anamorphic lenses. Um, the color grading, I think, is very different to how it is in the Moffat era. We got that that new TARDIS set more location shooting than they've done previously. What did you think of the look the, of this series? There's times where it looked absolutely beautiful. If you think about uh, Demons of the Punjab and mm -hmm. It Takes You Away, where we've got that Norwegian-like yeah. forest. But I'd throw Ghost Monument in there as well. Yeah, yeah. Like, some of the locations were really, really good. But mm. uh, there was a couple of odd decisions with the direction you know we've talked about how it always zooms really close in on people's faces and mm. you know i think i've read somewhere and this could be conjecture that that was in part to do with those fancy new cameras yeah i can imagine and like issues with focus um so yeah it, it's it's a bit of a mixed bag again isn't it really yeah um what what about uh, new composer first series without Murray Gold at the helm telling us how to feel at every single second? I didn't really notice the music until mm. we got to Resolution. Yeah, I think Akinola really stepped it up on Resolution. Yeah, I think there's also some lovely stuff in this first episode. Um, particularly, I'm a huge fan of his score for the scene where the Doctor is building her sonic screwdriver. Mm. If you go back and watch that scene in isolation, gorgeous bit of scoring on that. Um, but as a whole, I think I think as possibly as a reaction to the very bombastic nature of Murray Gold's music, they maybe dialed it back a little too much mm -hmm. as a whole in series 11. And as as much as I do like the sort of more electronic, more atmospheric style, there are times when it kind of it wasn't actually serving the purpose of enhancing the scene, which is ultimately what a score is there to do. Um, so what do you, what a surprise mixed bag again? Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. I'm finding it really hard, like because. It, it... I feel largely unenthused by this series, David. <laughs> like, I, I'm struggling to yeah. think of like opinions because I, I just didn't really care for it. 
that is a totally understandable perspective. Mm. And you'd be far from alone in that. You know, when you've been spoiled by watching all of class in one sitting, you know, <laughs> everything else just pales in comparison. It's just... I bet it does. So, um, let's talk about writers quickly. Um, yeah, where, where have they gone? <laughs> where well, are they nowadays? Apart from, apart from Chris Chibnall, we had all new writers, which, which again, I think is quite interesting. You know, fresh blood, new ideas. That's a good thing, and I think something that 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 uh, Doctor Who needs periodically. I mean, I don't think he would have been thrilled if it, if it had been. You know, series eleven has announced and like, oh, here's the Toby Whithouse episode, here's the Mark Gatiss episode, etc., etc. I definitely think they needed to get some new voices on board. Um, and overall, I think they did a better job than Chris Chibnall. Last night, David, I I had yes. a dream that I was going round Tesco's in a wheelchair, yes, just messing about, just right. going really, really fast and scaring people. That mm. dream had more plot than some of these episodes we've watched this series. <laughs> yeah, um, but again, I wouldn't really, I wouldn't lay the blame of that on most of the new writers. I think, for me, I think that the, the least inspiring and slowest episodes have generally been the ones from from Chris Chibnall himself. I th- I think Vinay Patel and. Uh, Pete McTighe, Ed Hind, they they've all done actually did actually quite interesting stuff and oh um I don't want to though I didn't love everything about the Witchfinders um I feel really ashamed that I'm blanking on her name now was it Joy Wilkinson? Uh, let me go back. I think it is. Uh, Joy Wilkinson. Yes, yeah. I uh, basically all of the all of the guest writers I think probably overall acquitted themselves better than, than Chris Chibnall did this series. Mm. Um, which is an unusual position to be in. You know, when you think about with Moffat series and RTD series, as much as the guest writers would have some, some fun ideas up their sleeves, the showrunner was always kind of the star of the show in terms of the writing. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that really hasn't been the case with uh, with series 11. Um... And I guess we've kind of touched on it with the new look and, you know, we've got all new directors again as well. And uh, I don't know if there's anything else you can really say about the direction of this series. There's there's definitely, there's like pacing issues and... uh, Yeah, like... Frankly, performance uh, issues sometimes. Some of the guest performances are really flat. Yeah, like that girl, Hannah. Boo... Yeah, all right, yeah, okay. If she went to Coal Hill but... School, she'd have died in episode one of class. <laughs> yeah, um, but another change that I think is interesting and definitely something that I would have strongly considered if I was in Chibnall's shoes, uh, apart from Resolution, you've got no returning monsters this year. Yeah, like, the, there didn't seem to be any stakes because it would just be like, yeah. oh, no, not a pating. And I was like, I don't, I don't know what that is, so I don't care. Yeah, it's a it's a tricky one, isn't it? Because audiences were definitely getting bored of Daleks and Cybermen every week, and that's totally understandable. And uh, like I say, I think, I think I'd be very tempted to do the same if I was 
coming on board as showrunner and really making mark. But the trouble is, you've got to have ideas that are on that level, you know, ideas good enough to sustain a similar amount of interest mm. as those classics. And if you're not managing that, then it's going to come across as bland by comparison. Why, why not try some of the other, like, untouched monsters? Like, you want and yeah, don't. We, we mentioned them earlier in the, in the Winnie Big Quiz. Get some Terraleptals in. You could you could jazz them up for the for the new series, no problem. We still haven't had the sea devils. Get the sea devils involved. There's stuff you can do. Just just do um, Google what a pteroleptal is. I haven't seen them, have I? You haven't? No, it's uh they're from the visitation. Good, good. Quite glad I haven't seen them. Don't want to. <laughs> um. So, we've mentioned as well no major series arc. I think that definitely wasn't uh, was something that that hurt this series. Yeah. I think it was an attempt to make it easy for new people to jump on board. But frankly, if you don't provide any kind of a series arc, you're not giving people you're not giving people much of a reason to stay engaged. Yeah, it so it, I think... it genuinely felt like I was watching Scooby Doo. Where it'd just yeah. be like, oh, tune in next week where we see them go against another ghost and then solve yeah. it and move on. Like, I don't know. It, the, it, this is this is, this is is the trouble, yeah. The, it's and, that and weird it is... split between them trying to modernise it and make it a bit more clever, but at the same time really dumbing everything down. I think a lot of it is in, in some ways an attempt to... Uh, take the show back to its roots. I think there are a lot of parallels between the creative choices being made by Chris Chibnall and, you know, series one of Classic Who. That, you know, that original TARDIS team, three people, uh, an emphasis, a a bigger, a a more of a direct 50-50 balance between sci-fi and historical. Um, And... The, the the intent to educate being a little more apparent. That I, I really feel like a lot of what Chris Chibnall was motivated by with his creative choices for this series was an attempt to do Hartnell era Who for the 21st century. Yeah, but the world's and moved on. Unfortunately, I, 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 I think that's true. I think it was it was well-meaning, but perhaps a little misguided mm. to do that. Um, lastly, I've I've left it left it to last because, frankly, I think it's the least important. But it's probably worth at least mentioning new gender for the Doctor. Doctor's a lady now. Um, doesn't matter. But I lo- I, I I personally really appreciate how it is handled in this show. Mm-hmm. In that it is barely matters unless it's the prejudice of other people or the assumptions being made by other people um, suddenly being placed on the Doctor, um, if that makes sense. You know, most notably in The Witchfinders. It it made sense for her gender to be a plot point there. Yeah, and I, I like the idea of it being a plot point 
rather than it just being like, mm. Ooh, it's a woman. But like yeah. having experienced history from that alternate perspective, you know, uh, yeah, they could go back to some of the periods they've already visited and it's going to be a totally different experience. Absolutely, yeah. And I, and I do think, apart from Witchfinders, we haven't really seen much of uh, evidence of that so far. Um, but I, I do think that is interesting. And uh, really, the, on, the, only, the only lens through which I think it's even particularly worth analysing, <laughs> quite frankly... Um, so I guess that kind of leads us on to my next big thing, which is just wanting to talk about Jodie Whittaker, how you feel about the 13th Doctor as a distinct incarnation, how you think Whittaker's performance is doing, you know, does she, does she feel like the Doctor to you? Yes, but she's let down by the writing. Yeah. You know, she, she's getting a lot right you know, but then some of the stuff is just ridiculous. You know, yeah, I've mentioned I... it and uh, when we get on to what some of our listeners' thoughts were. Mm. You know, like every episode, she's like, oh, I've been hanging out with Elvis. And blah, 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 blah. Me and Elvis, yeah. what the fuck? Yeah. And it's just like, just cut that out. And the, the, you, I feel like with Series 11, you can see how hard she is working all the time she's really trying to get the most out of everything she's being given mm. but what she's being given just isn't enough if you compare it to what Eccleston Smith Tennant Capaldi the, the sort of the meaty stuff they got to to, to handle in their series and Whitaker just gets to bob about being matey yeah there hasn't been any like emotional investment or anything not 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 much to speak of at all no, no. and it and, and i feel that's a real shame that's a real shame because she's she's what she's working so hard in series 11 um and i guess as a something uh what, what do you think of the costume now you've had a chance to see it in action yeah, I don't mind it. It's no more or less silly than some of the others, is it? Yeah, I feel like, for me, it feels very much 80s Who. If you think that that's, that's Peter Davison with his with his cricket whites and celery and uh, Colin Baker with his ridiculous coat, McCoy with his question mark jumper and umbrella. It, it's that kind of vibe where it's, it's slightly more overtly costumey. Yeah, but then... At the... But I don't think that's bad. No. Just... You know, yeah. it's like when we had Tennant, and he just dressed like people would ordinarily dress. It was just a little bit left of centre. That's mm. where we kind of are with this, I feel. Yeah, I think so. I think so. You, you, I don't think I would... You wouldn't walk past someone wearing that in the street and think... Um, that they've just, you know, escaped from an asylum. You just think that they were somebody a bit, uh, you know, with with a slightly quirky sense of fashion. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good way to put um, it. And, uh, yeah. So, 
I, is there anything else you want to say about about the uh, the fat? Just uh, Yaz, Ryan, Graham. Is there any more to say about any of them at this point? No, just cut that out. Oh, it's the fam. The fam. And, and I'll tell you yeah. I'll tell you the worst thing is, when I see people online call it the fam, as if that's some sort of joke we're all in on. Like, get a grip. It's it's not good, is it? No. It's not it's not good. From from now on, uh, I want you to say uh like, hello and welcome to Neither the Time Nor the Space, a podcast about Doctor Who. It's the fam here, David and Matt. Uh, oh, no. Just hanging out. Surely our listeners are, are, are our fam. Oh, don't say that. <laughs> I'm trying to cut down their involvement. <laughs> All right, well, we'll get, we'll get to them in... in uh... In a short amount of time, I expect. But before we do, uh, we've got my traditional question, Matt, um, of which uh, returning monsters or, or or potential returning monster aliens would you actually like to see make a comeback? Um, so it's a long list for this series because it was all brand new, with the exception of, of the Daleks. Um, but even, frankly, even the Dalek was quite a different spin on them. So I've included it on the list. So starting from the top, uh, Tim Shaw or the Stenza in general as a concept. Do you, are you done with the Stenza at this point? Yeah. Get rid. Yeah. Fair enough. Um, from the goat, from the ghost monument, I feel like you've got two options. You've got the sniper bots, who are, you know, the most generic robots imaginable. Um, or I've just written down chatty rags. I don't know what they're called. Oh, yeah. You know, Those weird ghost like... towels. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You want, you want to see them back? Matt? I... No. Like, the only <laughs> thing I know about them Right, and this is me getting a little bit meta because this is yeah. something I know I shouldn't know, but I do. Is don't they talk about the timeless child, which I know is a thing. I don't know what it is, but then yes. that goes nowhere. So yeah, they just drop it in episode two, and then it's not addressed again. Yeah. Um, yes, obviously it's a phrase you've seen banded about, so obviously you know it's going to have some significance at some point later. But it's really weird that it's just dropped in episode two and then, you know, absolutely nothing from that. Yeah. For, you know, it, I mean, imagine what it was like for fans in real time. I think it's something like two years, basically. Because between... Um, it was a full year between resolution and the episode we'll be watching next. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, anyway, so from Rosa, we've got Crasco, the amazing space racist. Oh yeah. Any interest in him making a comeback? No, no. I could pop back to dinosaur times, which is presumably where he's hanging out. Yeah. Do you think he's like shown his prejudice towards like a triceratops or something? That's what I'd like to see, yeah. Uh, Although, I feel like there's potential there. I don't know why this thought just entered my head. Were yep. there any black characters in the Flintstones? <laughs> like, I know in the film there was Halle Berry, but um, let me just give that a Google. Neither the time nor the space, asking the important questions. In the 
as always. Flintstones. Right, just to confirm, I don't believe there were any minority <laughs> characters in the Flintstones that weren't horrendous stereotypes. But in mm-hmm. the spin-off, the Flintstone Kids, there was a character called Miss Quartz, who appears to be African American. Well then, isn't that interesting? Um, okay, so moving on, uh, Big Spiders and uh, Jack Robertson, the not Trump character. No, no more Big Spider. No more big animals. Hmm. What about what about? Uh, uh, Argos Trump. No, no, I didn't. I didn't care for that this season. The whole Trump Brexit, you know, conversation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was just. It was a little bit too broad to be. Um, to to feel like it's making any actual points. Yeah, I feel like. No. Okay, we've already discussed it a little bit. The Pating. No. Get, no, like they can reference it, but I don't want another episode where they're just running away from it. Mm. Now, I've I meant to Google the actual name of it, but I can't. I didn't in the end. Let me just bring it up because I've just written the demons from Demons of the Punjab, but they're not actually demons, are they? They um, the the alien race did have a name. Oh, Thijarians, there we go. So right. it, it's uh, funny you say got... that, because when uh, I'd asked listeners for their thoughts, uh, yeah. BT Flibbity Giggard said, oh, I really, really want the Thijarians to return. And I was just like, yeah. what even are they? Yeah. So there you go. I would say they've probably got the most potential out of any of them, because, one, it's a good character design. And two, we've got this hinted, this this sort of dark history from them as like these deadly space assassins, which they have renounced at the point of Demons of the Punjab. So it would be quite interesting for the Doctor to encounter them at an earlier point in their history, mm. knowing what they're going to become and kind of wishing that they could rush them to that point, knowing that they can't. Do you know what I mean? And also just having to, you know, look out for fearsome space assassins. That's That's got some dramatic potential, I feel like. Yeah, I think so. I think, you yeah. know, you can take them, put them in an earlier setting, and the story writes itself, really, doesn't it? Yeah, I think so. Uh, I don't know whether we get any sense that they are... They have time travel capabilities. Um, one would assume that they do, potentially, mm-hmm. um, given the nature of their mission at that point. But um, they might not. They might be on the slow path. Um, either way, that's I think that's potentially an interesting uh, direction. Um, so we've got the Kablam Man from Kablam. Now get in the bin. Um, I don't think you could do another episode with them as a as a sort of potential villain. You know, obviously they're not really the villain of that story, but I feel like they're the the most obvious. Yeah, they're the kind of thing now that you just want to see in the background as like a little nod reference. I don't. Yeah, 
And they'd be, they'd be fun as that, I think. But yeah, I don't need to see Kablam anymore. Fair enough. Um, what about the Morax from the Witchfinders? I can barely rem- They all merge into one. Yeah. All, Shouty mud all people. All the enemies this series were just different varieties of people. Mostly, yeah. I think there is one notable exception which we're about to get to, but... Uh, yeah, the Morax, I don't... They were so generic. Like, they really are the most boilerplate example of a Doctor Who monster I can think of mm. in recent memory. Um, what about the Solid Tract from It Takes You Away? I, Fair play. That's something a bit different. That... that I, I, my main criticism with the Weeping Angels is they've been overused and you need to do the same with the Solid Tract. Just keep it one and done. You reckon? Yeah, I think if you go more than that, it's going to be diminishing returns. Potentially. Potentially. I can see that. Um, finally, I have included it, just because I feel like it's a distinct proposition, the reconnaissance Dalek. No. No. Just You're just reinventing the wheel there, aren't you? So you reckon next time we do Daleks, you just want standard issue... They, they need to make a decision. Daleks. They either go back to how Daleks have always been or they keep them as squids forever. Mm. I don't want to see a new variety. Alrighty then. That's, you know, I can totally see your perspective on that. Um, so, in general, at this point, what are your hopes from seri- for Series 12? What does it need to do to kind of pull you back in a little more um it needs to be it needs to have a big arc it needs to be engaging people need to do things the writing needs to improve (laughs) um the direction needs to improve um my emotional investment needs to improve there's a lot needs to happen here yeah yeah i think that's fair i genuinely do um the most frustrating thing for me is that I personally don't think there are any episodes of series 11 that are outright terrible. Mm. They, it is just across the board, not great. It's sort of just most of the episodes in series 11 for me hover around about a, Five to seven out of ten. A couple of them get into. I mean, the one that really stands out for me is it takes you away. Yeah. But other than that, then they're not really getting above a seven out of ten. No, totally agree. And that's really unusual for Doctor Who, because for me, Doctor Who generally, it's like you'll get a couple of absolute blinders, then something mediocre. Then something really quite good, but maybe a little bit flawed, bit of a curate's egg. Then something that's just an absolute unmitigated disaster, and then back to insane brilliance. You know, it, it, that's that's what what I kind of feel you generally get with Doctor Who, and this is just it just feels kind of homogenous by comparison. Yeah, it's it's just kind of there, like 
Yeah. We're never going to go back to watch any of these. <laughs> you know, like... <laughs> like... It's not ones that I find myself reaching for in the same way, certainly. Uh, I guess we might as well just uh, quickly rattle through it before we move on to a listener feedback, but I'll quickly do my ranking, seeing as we're sort of in that area. So, 11 stories, anyone who's keeping score, when I sat down to make this list, this is how they came out. So, right at the bottom of the pile, Battle of Ranscourt, Avcolos. That, to me, is the, the most notably poor episode of now, the series. when you say poor, is it bad or is it just disappointing? I think it is actively bad because I think the, the, the scripting is atrocious on it. Mm-hmm. I, I, I really think that, that it just, especially coming from a showrunner, the writing just is not good enough. It genuinely feels like he just, he banged it out in the morning because whilst he was thinking about his shopping list he knew he had to get he had to go to tesco's that afternoon and stock up so his mind was elsewhere and he just wanted to get it done and over with that's how it fit comes across to me it's 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 that just it, it, honestly there are there are decisions in it that i'm like holding my head in my hands thinking like how why how is this how has this ended up being you know going in front of a camera how has nobody tapped anyone on the shoulder and said, does this actually make sense? Is this actually a good idea? You know, it's, it's bizarre to me. Um, so episodes uh, um, in 10th place, Arachnids in the UK. I, there are some, there's some moments in it I really like. And I think it, overall there was a potential for this to be a good story. So it's already, it's a big leap up. I think the battle of Ranscor Avcolos, I think it's really let down by the ending because my doctor, my head cabin oh, here doctor. Here we go. Here we go. Is, is not. Not female. Yeah. Okay, David, <laughs> you've just outed yourself. Is not someone who, who believes that starving slash suffocating giant spiders to death is a more humane way to deal with a problem than shooting them with a gun. That's bonkers to me. Absolutely bonkers. And it just doesn't mesh with my conception of the character. So that is a real sticking point for me. Um, in ninth place, I've got the Saranga Conundrum, which is the epitome of it's just there. Yeah. It's it's an episode of television that has happened. Yeah. Um, episode eight, the, uh, sorry, uh, eighth place. This is probably the most controversial one. Um, so I, I would understand if this upsets some people. I'm, pu- I'm putting Rosa in eighth place. Uh, it's dropped considerably in my estimation on this latest rewatch. I think its heart is very much in the right place, but I don't think it's a great hour of TV. Mm. Yeah, like, the emotional beats are probably the strongest of the series, maybe that and Demons of the Mm. Punjab, but not a great deal happens in the actual episode. Yeah, I just don't find it... And, like, the villain's so weak. 
Yeah, uh, but it, by necessity. Again, I just feel like, as I said at the time, it, if Doctor Who's going to do a Rosa Parks episode, this is the best you could anyone could have hoped for. But I still would question whether it was a good idea to do one. Mm. So that's kind of where I'm at with it. Um, but I, it, 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 totally benign and well-intentioned and... That's fine, you know, but it just it did. I don't find it a, a particularly entertaining uh, piece of television. Um, seventh place for me is the woman who fell to earth. Now I know I know a lot of people who absolutely love this episode, but I find it just a little bit clumsy. Yeah, you know, like again, it's one of those where it's like good without being great it's just okay mm. yeah i think it, it it does a good job of you know introducing the 13th doctor it does i mean it's probably got some of yaz's best moments of the series yeah <laughs> um but, back in the good I old days know. where yaz used to do things yeah i don't know it doesn't quite it doesn't it just feels a bit stodgy and, and, and wayward at times. Um, so uh, number six for me, Kablam, which I think is uh, a little flawed, but overall a very solid piece of Doctor Who. Yeah, it's good fun. Yeah. Bit um, of a romp. And yeah, number five, I've got The Witch Finders. Um, which I think is 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 a bit all over the place, but the most interesting one in terms of, uh, as we say, making use of the fact that the Doctor is a woman now. I'm glad that we had a story in this series that, that wanted to do something with that and, and mine it for some dramatic potential. Um, number four, uh, the Ghost Monument. And this I kind of surprised myself with this one, but I really actually rather like this story, even though it's very thin. Yeah, I, I wish it came later in the series. Yeah. It would have had more yeah. resonance. There's a first story where everyone's just like, oh, we're on an alien planet now, let's go. Like, yeah, yeah. I can see that. I mean, obviously, the big payoff for it is finding the TARDIS. So, unless you're going to do like a whole series where they're stuck without a TARDIS, which I, again I think would have been an interesting direction to take series eleven, you know, because they kind of set that up in in um, at the end of the Capaldi um, mm. run, and then you know, Trimnall doesn't do anything with it. Chibnall, I'm afraid, certainly in Series 11, is, seems to be the absolute king of uh, wasting ideas with good potential. You know, he sets Yaz up as this, you know, a policewoman, uh, someone who is comfortable with the idea of hierarchies and authority, very much in contrast to the Doctor's own, General Emmo. Um, who's, you know, is a much more anarchic, freewheeling character. Um... And then proceeds to do absolutely nothing with that idea. Mm. You know, it's just, there's a lot of that that seems to happen in, in series 11. Um, number three for me, Demons of the Punjab. My only real criticism of it is that um, 
it's not terribly exciting. But yeah, I think even despite that, this would be up the top for me as well. It's yeah. definitely one of the stronger episodes of this series, isn't it? Definitely, and it's one of those ones that I can say, hand on heart, taught me something about history which I hadn't really been particularly aware of prior. Yeah. And that's that's valuable. That's valuable. So I'm very grateful to, to, to Vinay Patel and Doctor Who for, for kind of doing that, for kind of forcing me to, to, to really think about that particular dark chapter in our history. Um, so uh, number two for me, Resolution. Chibnall's best episode uh, so far uh, by a country mile. Might be number one for me. I literally yeah. can't remember the other episode that you're going to put as your yeah. number one. So this will probably be it for me. You'll, you'll, you'll remember it as soon as I say it. But uh, yeah, no, I mean, Resolution, it's just, it's a couple of little missteps. Some of the humour doesn't quite land, but hey, they're going for a, for a festive special. I can't, I can't mark them down for crappy humour because, you know, the RTD ones are absolutely riddled with it. So, um, and number one for me, it takes you away. Oh yeah, that'd be up there for me. I think I might put yeah. Resolution above it. Resolution does I, what I want yeah. Doctor Who to do. And it yeah. takes you away. It's full of all that pretentious, arty shite that Doctor Who fans seem to love. <laughs> you know? Uh, it depends on the fan. I don't know that many people rate It Takes You Away quite as highly as I do because I don't know how many eyebrows were raised when I said the other week, that it's possibly top ten ever for me. I, I, yeah, I I really do love that story, though. Mm. I, I, I remember especially coming off the... Uh, towards the end of a series that has generally just felt so like, uh, same old, same old, you know, meat and potatoes. We're just... It felt like going through the motions, and then all of a sudden, you've just got this absolute whirlwind of insanity <laughs> of a story. And I was just like, oh, come on, yes, give me Kevin Eldon prattling about in prosthetics and, 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 and a sentient universe taking the form of a frog on a chair. <laughs> I, I I'd live for that kind of level of bonkers. Um, so yeah, uh, a, a shoe in for number one for me. Um, I'm going to let my cat into this room, and then we'll uh, maybe listen to some uh, listener thoughts. Okay, come on, Mabel. Come on, you big pest. Right then. So, sorry. Um, right then, Matt. So, what do our listeners have to say about series eleven? Uh, I'll be totally honest with you, David. Uh, they submitted answers to the questions we've just gone through, and it wasn't till we were about three or four questions in I realised it was the same questions. 
Uh, so <laughs> I'll apologise to them all for missing some of their answers. But one of the yeah. other things I asked were, what were their just sort of random thoughts about this series? Yes. So, would you like to say hello again to James Courtney? Hello, James. James says he's not convinced the episode order works particularly well, and it reduces mm -hmm. the variety, and we have a much better end than a start. Yeah, I'd agree with that. I think it's really interesting, because you've got, you've got this like run of about five consecutive episodes of just Chris Chibnall. And then... Then you've got a run of four episodes with guest writers. Is it four or five? I can't remember. It's four, isn't it? And and those are all quite strong. And then it's back to Chris Chibnall again. And I feel like if we'd if we'd had some of those guest episodes peppered through a bit earlier, that might have we might have had a, a more of an interesting range of voices. Mm. Uh, but yeah, right. Well, I'd agree with that. The next bit of feedback comes from Ariel. Say hello, David. Hello, Ariel. Uh, Ariel says everyone seemed to either hate or love this season after it aired, and I was very in the middle about it. I think some people felt they had to have strong opinions one way or another, which impacted the reception. Mm. Yeah, I can understand that. Right, the next one comes from BT Flippity Giggard. Say hello, David. Greetings, curator. Now, BT says, I really, really hope that David will consider making the executive decision of allowing listener tweets for some of the episodes in the future that have created the most fan discussion, mostly because it would be really interesting to see what kind of opinions the listeners of this pod have. So, David, I'm going to make you an offer. Yeah. You have the opportunity here and now to save yeah. listener tweets. Okay? Yeah. If you want to save listener tweets, there's only one thing you have to do, David. What's that? Drink the pint of beans in my place, David. <laughs> you can't put me on the spot like that, man. All right, so... It looks uh, like listener tweets is gone. I I mean I I'm pretty sure my exact words were after the pint of beans. Never again. Those were your exact words, David. I've gone back and checked. Don't yeah. worry, I've looked for every yeah. loophole I can find. <laughs> I, I and I stand by them. Yeah. Right. It is not a, it is not an experience I wish to repeat. So, yeah, sorry, uh, listener tweets are gone. Yeah. The final <laughs> A uh, few things come from James Swift. Just think, this might be the final ever listener tweet that we ever read out, David. <laughs> right? I'm going to aim it at you, because as we all know, all right. I don't care for listener tweets. Three quick fire questions, David. Okay. Uh, uh, you can just give me, actually, one-word answers if you want. I'll do my best. Okay, let's not dignify our listeners with a proper response. <laughs> right, question one. What do you think is missing from Doctor Who in this series that has been around previously? Depth. Are you used to how different it is now? 
Yes. How are you finding the Doctor as a character? Undercooked. Excellent. More, more quality content like that next week. <laughs> Except there won't be, because we're never doing listener tweets ever again. Uh, um, do you care about my series rankings? Uh, I feel like this is probably the least po- popular or interesting segment. Look, David. Of the show David, ever. We've done television highlight of the week for a year. Right? If you want to do your your series rankings, you just go for it. Yeah. This is really... It's really hard for me because the, I don't think it's fair. Is there any other series. podcast that hates itself as much as ours? <laughs> like, I, I consume a lot of podcasts and I've never listened to one where they've just gone, uh, please don't send us emails. We're not going to read them out anymore. We've had enough. Like, all our features are crap. We're canning all of them in three weeks. Like, I've never known a podcast just do a full hard reboot. <laughs> we need it, though. You know, Doctor Who has to every now and then, and I think we're, we're no different. Yeah, but we haven't got any, got we haven't got any good ideas. Like, the other day... Maybe we, need, maybe we need to regenerate that. Maybe we just need to, to hand pass the baton on to different hosts next year. Like, the other day, I was in my car, and I was like, in the new year... Do we bring back Would I Lie to Who? And then I just was like, no, I don't really fancy that anymore. It's like... <laughs> I think we, we, we very much got wrong that segment for every drop of its potential. Yeah. Um, it, it's like on the on the after show on a Monday, 9pm, uh, yeah. British time, uh, we've been playing a game where it's pretty much 20 questions, can I identify the episode of Doctor Who? Yeah. Right, and this week I managed to get it from all of New Who in seven questions, and I could just tell as soon as I got it, it was just like right, that's the end of that because I'm never going to do it that well again. Like <laughs> I can try next week, but it's not going to be as fun. Like it's just dead. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, so um, series rankings. Uh. It won't surprise anyone that 11 is not coming near the top of the pile for me. My my top my top three remain Series 9, Series 5 and Series 10 um, consecutively. Then, then we go down to Series 4, Series 1, 7 and 6, 8, 11. I'm going to put above Series 3. And series two. You really hate series two, don't you? I think it's a really bad start for Tenant. Yeah, you hate it. And and it's worth keeping that in mind as well, Matt, because if you think about how ropey a start Tenant had, I don't know that Whitaker's is much I mean, well actually personally I think it's overall it's more solid. I think there are some higher highs with series two. <laughs> but a, a lot of it, I think, is quite poor. Um, and I think people forget that sometimes. But also, these things are subjective. I'm sure there are people out there for whom Series 2 is the absolute pinnacle of New Who. You know, Tennant and Rose smugging their way around the universe. <laughs> just... Um, I that, that that's just catnip for them but uh, uh, yeah for me it's not it's not what I'm in, into who for 
in all honesty. Um, so, uh, only a little bit of business left at this point, Matt. I need to tell you what fifth Doctor story we're going to watch next oh, week. Oh, I'm waiting with bated breath. I was... I w- right up until that we hit record for this week, um, I was dead set on saying we're going to watch Kinder. Uh-huh. But then... Black Orchid came up in uh, in the Weenie Big Quiz. And I was like, oh, it's only two episodes. And you know what? I can't be bothered to, do, <laughs> to cram four episodes of Classic Who before we record next week. So, sod it. We're doing Black Orchid. Excellent. Like I say, absolute disdain for our art. Um, it might be an interesting one. Also, I think Nissa gets to do more in it, and I like Nissa. And you've not had a chance to meet Nissa, no. yet, so that'll be nice. No, that'd be good fun. Yeah. Um. All right then. So do join us next week for that, listeners. Um. One little thing. I do just want to double check, Matt. I are, are you a Doctor Who fan yet? I've already told you, David. I prefer class. You're just a class fan, now. yeah. Yeah. So yeah, join in next week for neither the class nor the class, uh, where we'll be <laughs> dissecting the character of Korakinus, the Shadow King. Um, mm-hmm. Just all around, all around good fun. Excellent. Cannot wait. Uh, alternative listeners, if you do want to uh, d- uh, seek out Black Orchid. Fingers crossed, I will be able to persuade Matt to discuss it. If, if you've never point. seen it, don't bother because all of old Doctor Who's crap. So save save yourself. Instead, just tell your family that you love them. Just do something nice instead, right? For one week, I'm opening up listener tweets, but you're only allowed to tell me about something nice you've done this week. Okay, <laughs> I don't want anyone going. Well, I really feel Black Orchid dissects the character of the Doctor. Don't want to know. But if you took your dog for a walk and let it share an ice cream with you, I want to know about that. Yeah. All right. Okay. Yeah. Gauntlet thrown there. Um, all right. Uh, anyways, for you to say thank you, as always, for listening. And uh, cheerio. Don't forget, listen to the after show, 9 o'clock Mondays. Bye-bye. Bye now. Thank you for listening to Neither the Time Nor the Space. If you wish to contact us, our email address is timenorspacepod at gmail.com and on Twitter we are at timenorspacepod. And thank you to Alexander Urban for his smashing arrangement of the Doctor Who theme.